Detroit. Starring M.L. Elric. With guest stars Mark Fellhauer. Sean Windsor. Tonight's episode, Hear No Evil. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? That the one job I'm not qualified for is... Are we, have a, are we having... Difficulties? No, everything, everything's fine. Everything's par for the oh, course. Everything's right fine. Now. Okay, yeah, good. Because loud uh, and clear. Because everything's gone so smoothly today, it would be a shame for something to happen to screw it up. Well, it's your it's your old pal ML Elric here. Um, just uh, just been turned down for a job in the IT department for very good reasons. We have worked through. Uh, you know, I wanted to start off ranting about technology and how much it drives me crazy, but it's making it possible for us to join you today. For ML Soul of Detroit on Facebook, and if you're listening at home on the download, so thank you for joining us. We have a uh, a cast of thousands, but I'm only going to introduce the first few. That'd be Mark Fellhauer, who has somehow stitched this all together. Mr. Fellhauer, please tell the people barely. a few good words. There he is. Okay, barely. barely. Yeah. Which also explains how he's dressed. He's barely, barely wow. dressed. We can uh, actually. You and I are wearing the same shirt, so. Representing the show, the difference is I'm wearing pants and uh, and it's not cold in here, so uh, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna keep this uh, above the waistline sunshine. Duly as noted. Murray Head would say, uh, Sean Windsor is there in the finest finest garage in uh, in Ann Arbor. Sean, thanks for making the time to join us. I'm sorry you've got to go, but it was it was <laughs> once again uh, meaningful time together. I thought you were gonna say I was in the finest. Hoodie, you know, made from the finest fibers, a uh, poly blend that you've uh, you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Here, let me let me toss this up a little bit there for you, ML. Take it easy, Trayvon. All right. And then, of course, uh, Joy Zuvers made this happen somehow. And uh, sitting there, looking splendid with his Altus gear, is Matt Jennings. Hi, everybody. Editor of Soft Magazine. We have a special guest this week. We're going to get to Brian Cash in just a couple minutes. You've seen Brian. In the newspaper, maybe uh, newspapers across the country yelling at the uh, while during a protest at the state capitol, standing between two state troopers. It's a very iconic photo. But I will just tell you right now, if you saw that photo and you said that's a guy who's got a short fuse, we've just spent 20 minutes trying to figure out how to bring this together. <laughs> this is a man of infinite patience. Incredible. So we are going to talk to the man behind the photo in just a few minutes. Brian Cash, thanks for joining us today on the show. Thank you for having me. And he just lit a cigarette with a blowtorch, so if you got a problem with Brian, we'll send him over so he can discuss it with you in person. So, Brian, hang tight. We're going to get to you in just a minute. First, we have to thank the people who are making this possible. Of course, that's our sponsors. As you know, we don't just take money from anybody. We're very careful about who we attach our name to. And we're grateful for Lindsay Broadwell of Broadwell Homes for being our Facebook sponsor today. Lindsay is very glad that some of the governor's restrictions on real estate are being lifted so she can get out there and work the streets. 
that didn't sound right. So she can get out there and show you some sweet ass cribs. That sounds just a little bit better. If being locked in has made you realize that your house is way too small, join the crowd. It's time to call our new realty sponsor, Lindsay Broadwell. Your house is one of your most valuable investments, and that's why you need an agent you can trust and who knows the business inside and out. Lindsay started her career at our friends at Hall Financial, and now she's an expert in real estate. Lindsay will make sure you get the most out of your house and that everything goes smoothly by finding you a new home that fits your lifestyle. Buyers, sellers, especially first-time buyers, make sure you contact Lindsay at Broadwell Homes. That's broadwellhomes.com or 248-767-7767. Let me give you that again because it's a little tricky. 248-767-7767. If you can't remember that, just start jabbing two numbers on the phone until Lindsay answers. (laughs) She's a licensed realtor at REMAX Nexus. That's Broadwell Homes. Lindsay, thank you for bringing us to the good people on Facebook Live. For those of you watching on Facebook Live, we really appreciate this. For those of you listening at home, if you're listening, you get the whole show. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you're going to want to check out the download so you can get Room 7609, get some listener feedback, and a lot of features that we just can't give you on Facebook, mainly because Facebook is run by a bunch of rich dicks. So, uh, So check out the audio when you get a chance. And we have another sponsor who joined the show last week, a good friend, one of the most generous guys you'll ever meet. His name is Luke Nowacki. And you know why he's generous with why? money? No, he's, why? He's got a lot of money, and he wants to help you get a lot of money. So if you are watching the market and you're saying to yourself, I need an Altus because I'm, uh, it's, this is drinking time, the last couple of months have been ridiculous. In the month of March alone, the Dow experienced a daily gain or loss of 1.5% on more than five separate trading days. To put that in context, over the course of 2017, there was only one such trading day. Volatility appears to be back. And if you have concerns over your investments or would like to discuss your strategy, give Luke Nowacki a call at 248-663-4748 or email him at lnowacki. That's L-N-O-W-A-C-K-I at jhnetwork.com. That's jhnetwork.com. Luke has been doing this for nearly 19 years and has helped clients through the dot-com collapse in 2000, the 9-11 downturn, the 0203 downturn, the housing and financial collapse of 0809, and can help you presently. He will make it. All about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Yeah. Well done. Excellent. All and right. before we get to Brian, who's been most patient, I got to share something with I know. you are all you that trying, Are you me. trying to keep testing his patience here by, by waiting to get to him? Uh, this will be short because okay. maybe it's somebody I know who's who can own up to this. I found Uh-oh. out on Saturday morning that my eBay account had been hacked. Now, what? who the hell hacks eBay? And listen to what they bought. Listen to what they bought. Crucial MX500, 250 gig, 500 gig, 1 terabyte, 2 terabyte, 2.5, M.2 3D, NAND, SATA 3. Wow. So some <laughs> dork hacked my account to buy dork stuff. To hack other and people's they, accounts. That's why. And they, they only wait. spent 78 bucks. So. That must have been news. Yeah, that's a good call, Mike. That, that story could not have waited. I had to hear that right now. <laughs> wow. Well, well, thank you for helping us get to our guest quicker, Sean, by weighing in with, uh, with that, uh, those, those wonderful sober cats. 
<laughs> Brian Cash is our guest. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Brian is uh, a man who you've seen, and you may have read his story in the Free Press. Gina Damron, or Gina Kaufman, as she's known, because she has some warrants out, uh, wrote a story where she she talked to Brian and let people know about the man, the myth, maybe soon to be the legend behind the photo that many people have seen and that even had the governor getting a little upset. Brian, thanks for joining us. And, and tell us a little bit about yourself before we, uh, before we start peppering you with some, some great questions, except for the ones that Sean asks, which will probably be pretty obvious. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. Uh, 52-year-old flooring installer. I've been in business 35 years. Uh, got two kids, a grandson. Uh, I work with my son. He worked with me. I taught him. Then we were partners, and now I work for him. So I just go to work and get my money, no paperwork, no headaches. Um, not really much. I don't really do too much besides protest and uh, <laughs> play Call of Duty with my kids. So this wasn't your first protest then? No, I got involved in 2015 in the cannabis movement, trying to help get it uh, legalized. Mm-hmm. So then I started getting into politics at that time. I actually voted for Bernie Sanders in the 2016 primary, and then I watched what the DNC did to him and learned what they're all about. And it's like, damn, so I voted for Trump. I never liked him. He was always an arrogant asshole. He's doing something right as president, I'll tell you that. So never been this busy my entire life. So what was it um, that you were objecting to that, that made you want to go? Or did, have you been to every protest, including Operation Gridlock? Or was this the one yeah. that, that, that drove you there? No, I started with Gridlock, went to the governor's, uh, went back the day before the governor's mansion protest. And then I went to the governor's mansion protest, smoked a joint in her driveway, and then uh, <laughs> went to this one here and... Uh, yeah, somebody caught a picture of me, and uh, and now you're kind of crazy. Now you're internet so, famous. Yeah, so Brian, it, it doesn't look like you smoked a joint before you went into Capitol because that did not look like a dude who was pretty mellow. What's uh, tell us what led up to that that moment that was captured forever? Well, we were there. They had they had such great speakers. They had a lawyer who was explaining how what Whitmer was trying to do was not legal. She's you know overstepping her bounds. They broke that all down. They had a a uh, lady from OSHA that discussed the mask wearing stuff. And they had uh, Sheriff Clark. He's a black Democrat. He flew in from Arizona to speak to us. And tell you what, if that was a racist rally, they sure didn't do it right. Because they just cheered that man. He spoke such great words to us and everybody loved it. Now, uh, you're obviously upset at the media and how they portrayed the picture. I, I think that's a consumer thing because when I saw the picture, I didn't think you were yelling at the police. I didn't know who you were yelling at because you were yelling at, um, you know, in between them. But you seem to be upset overall with how they've portrayed uh, the whole uh, protest. Right. Well, after we got inside, I mean, everybody said, we're going inside, so... Everybody lined up and walked in. They asked us a few questions, like, you know, do you have a cough? Have you felt bad recently? And they took our temperature. Everybody set their signs down. We all went in. Man, started yelling, voting no to these guys. But then I saw Redcoat, a uh, capital security guard, and there was a video yeah. from the day before where three, three women went in there to be in the audience and watch the proceedings for that day. And 
the guy told her that that section was full and somebody came out and they saw that it was completely empty so they just you know walked right in and sat down they ended up getting physical with this girl threw her down we're dragging her out by her arms and stuff they pushed another girl up against the door frame because she wasn't leaving fast enough what so that all happened before and then i saw that guy and i recognized him. i was like hey buddy I asked him if he wanted to throw me around like that, and he didn't. So that's what you were yelling. Do you want to throw me around like that? Yeah. No expletives? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's just part of my vocabulary. Okay. I mean, it's... So that throwing a woman up against the wall, they call that a Joe Biden now. <laughs> I don't think he was sniffing her, though. Oh, well... <laughs> Now, why why won't you wear a mask? Why do you not want to wear a mask? Well, first of all, I mean, I do have to wear a mask sometimes at work, like with dust or, or mm-hmm. cat urine or whatever, but I have a hard time breathing with a mask on. And then, I mean, the CDC recommends against it unless you're showing symptoms. It's just, it's just another tool Whitmer's using to try to control her peasants. Um, well, except for the whole symptoms part. I mean, you know, you can be asymptomatic and pass right. pass pass it along, and I think that's kind of the whole the whole rub with people asking people to wear masks. Right, but they're useless. I mean, this this virus is point zero one two five microns. The mask is only going to protect you up to like point zero three. So this virus can get through any mask you wear. So do you think, do you think they're lying to us when they say, you know, you should wear a mask and wash your hands and social distance? Do you think that that's a lie or do you think it's, um, I mean, what's, what do you, what do you believe to be the purpose behind that? I'm just, I just think it's a, a power trip by, by government. I mean, the, the mask is not going to protect you, period. So you think, you think the scientists of the world, because most of the governments and most of the world are recommending the same thing, you think it's a conspiracy? I mean, you think it's a power trip on on most of the folks who are suggesting this? We could go way down that rabbit hole with conspiracies and stuff, because China let this virus out on purpose, in my opinion. To, to what yeah, end? Do you, do you think they manufactured the virus, or they just didn't control it and let it go? They manufactured it and released it. Uh, and when you say so they, they... So they wanted to kill their own people, too? Yep. When you say why, they, uh, they have, why they want to go protesters, protesters on the streets protesting for Hong Kong, all over China. So, so you, do you think it got yeah. out of control? They just wanted to, to to quash those protests, or I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out to what end. You, so when you say they, you believe the Chinese made it, and right. I'm just curious as to what end because their economy has been pretty uh, devastated by their own shutdowns and the whole world shutting down. Right, but their economy got uh, shut down by Trump's uh, policies too. Um, they're hurting. They're, I think this was an attack, financial attack on our country, as well as you know, killing people. Well, they're they're certainly making some money selling masks back to us now, but uh, right. but that's a that's a tough way to make a buck. First, you kill a bunch of your people to get other people to buy masks, and then you sell them the masks. I mean, we one of the things that, that we talk about on this show is trying to demystify the, uh, the the profession of journalism, where we talk about people make assumptions. People people see you screaming um, at the state house. They don't know the backstory. They fill it in themselves and and sometimes that leads to uh mistaken impressions um but one of the things we try and talk about is is why when we talk about something we really want to support it and so 
when I hear people saying that this is a conspiracy by the Chinese and they manufacture this, I, I want to know, you know, what evidence or what proof have you seen that would support that? Because I, I'm, I'm concerned that in crazy times like this, there's a lot of unsubstantiated stuff being thrown out there that's, that's pulling us apart rather than bringing us together. Right. Well, I've, I've done a lot of research on it. There's the uh, Chinese doctor over there that w- was working in the Wuhan lab. She's been working on this since like 2008. And something about the uh, the protein or something. I'm not, you know, I'm just. Sure. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're all layman here, but yeah. I mean, where are you reading this? Where are you getting this? Off the internet. But I mean, like AlecJones.com, CrazyMotherScratchers.com, Wall Street um, Journal. <laughs> uh, just like a. There's a lot of YouTube videos on the subject. Um, yeah, so this this protein that is around the virus, it, it can't attach to a human cell. It had to be remanufactured to be able to attach to a human cell to infect us. Is what I'm getting out of all that. So, so you're, you're saying there was a coronavirus, but somebody modified it so that it because like before it wasn't dangerous, now it is. Right. I mean, there's thousands of coronaviruses. I mean, it's a cold group of viruses. But they just they, they engineered this one to be able to attack humans. So why, why do you think then, I'm just curious, why would our economy shut down? What, who, who would want to shut it down? Why would Trump want to shut it down? Why would okay. re- Republican governors want to close their states? Well, a lot of Republican governors did not close their states. There's about a dozen states right in the middle of the country that didn't lock down at all. Well, most states did lock down to a degree at some point one at one time or another. You're right. They have opened up quicker. But but why would they do that at all? Why would there be – why would uh, – well, let's take it to the federal level. Why would Trump be interested in, in shutting any part of the economy down even though the federal government – it's a little tricky. It's more states than the federal government. Right. But why, why would he allow that? Why would any governor want to kill their own state's economy? All right. Uh, Trump put it in every state's individual hands. He did not personally shut down every, anything. He made recommendations. Well, why would he recommend it? The states to follow. So it just seems odd that all the Democratic-run states are hit so hard. I mean, all, you know, New York, California, New Jersey, Michigan, they're all hit they're, the hardest. They're all states with major dense, densely populated areas, you know. I mean, that's... right. That's part of the reason, because the closer you are to people, the easier it is to spread. Um, right. You look at Florida, they're nowhere near California or New York. California's not even near New York. Well, uh, New York's also the most densely populated state in the country, right? I mean, correct. California is actually pretty reasonably low, uh, considering how many people live in California. They've done exactly. a pretty good job, yeah. Florida's actually yeah. starting to have some issues now. But, yeah, I'm kind of curious uh, – back on Mark's question, Brian, just what's, what is there to gain? I mean, I, that's, that's what I'm most curious about. What, who, who stands to gain from the country shutting down and a lot of the world, most of the world shutting down, frankly, who, who gains from that? The Democrats try to blame this on Trump. This is an attempt to get Trump out of office. But there's but a lot he, of big things going down. That's the a, FBI, that's a, FBI, I hope they all get hung on the White House lawn for treason. There's a lot of stuff coming out. What these Democrats have been doing, the, the entire government, the Republicans don't like Trump. That, that's He's a drain in the swamp. That would be a pretty big gamble, uh, both economically and with people's lives, just to get one guy out when they stood a pretty good chance 
um, just going the way they were going. I still think Trump will win uh, come the fall. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think he has a better chance now because of uh, what ha- what has happened with coronavirus. But that's my opinion. I don't know. I just think that's a really big gamble to take to get one man out of power. Well, and, I, and I'm a little confused, too, because is it the Chinese or is it the Democrats or are the Chinese and the Democrats working together? Because uh, yeah. it's getting a little it's getting a little thick for me here. Yeah. So the Chinese Democrats, Chinese and Democrats working together. Yeah. OK. Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, it's uh, that's handy. Right. I mean, and right. the Russians and the Trumps are working together. So maybe we can have those guys square off and we can see about uh, whoever's left. It'll just be the Irish. Right. Hey, Brian, you said you've never been busy. Were you busy in 2016? 2016. Yeah, we were doing okay. What about, two, what about 2015? Uh, actually, 10 through 15 was a little lean. And then 2016, it started to pick up. Yeah, and 17 was busier, 18 was busier, 19 was busier, and then boom, we got this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm turning down more work than I'm doing. Before I was just curious because, you know, I mean, you can point to the fact that the economy rebounded before Trump took office and you were starting to see an increase in your uptick in your work. And well, it, it rebounded to the point where it was when Obama took office. Well, no, when Obama took office, it was crash, right? It was 2008. Yeah. And, right. Right. So, so yeah, so it rebounded. So it's just been kind of going that way. I'm just, I was just curious if you were busy before 2017. Yeah. I mean, not super busy. We were, you know, working steadily. I mean. One other question, Brian, I had uh, in, in the story. By the way, what did you think of the story the Free Press did, uh, Gina Kaufman did? I thought she did a great job. So um, yeah, I did too. And and, I, and when you say you hate the media and they're all liars, and, but she represents, at least with newspapers, 95% right. of what reporters are like, right? All over the country. She is a, well, she's really, really good. But, I mean, she, a lot of reporters like that. I've talked about newspaper reporters that do stories like they did do on you. Most of those folks are trying to be objective and trying to, you know, to be fair when they do stories. And so when you say everybody's a liar in the media, you're kind of, I don't well, know, if I don't mean to include folks like Gina or not. I don't mean to generalize everybody. There's good, you know, I think I don't like cops at all. There's a couple of good ones, sure, but I'm not going to lump everybody into one group. Well, the one thing I was curious about, real quick, Mike. So, the one thing I was curious about, Brian, in the story, you said uh, "f the government," right? Yeah. But yet, your flooring business—part of it is you're making money putting floors in public health departments. So that's the government. Did you right. see? Does that bother you at all that you're making money from the government that way? They're giving you contracts to help your business, but you're also saying "f the government," or do you? They're not giving me any contracts. Uh, they gave a contract to Boji Group. Boji Group gave a contract to superb floor covering. Superior floor covering is using my son's company, DMC Flooring, to install the floor. I I just go to work, man. I don't I don't care who I work for. Well, I think so. I think what's interesting to me, I mean, the conspiracy theories. You know, you're on you're on the fringe with that. A lot of people disagree with you, right? right. Now, now there's a lot of things though in that article that I think most people would agree with, and that's kind of the confusion with the stay at home order at first. Um, the there was there the the confusion of the picture I think is a valid point, but don't you see how the conspiracy theory and 
you know, not listening to certain things. Do you see how that ruins the argument that you could get a lot of people to agree with you on? Or And that's for the protesters as a whole. When one person has a Confederate flag, it will take the attention, whoever, if you want to blame it on the media or the consumers of the media, it takes the attention right. away from the legitimate argument. Well, I'm not in this for attention, first of all. Second of all, I don't care what anybody thinks or thinks about me or agrees or disagrees with me. Everybody has their own opinion. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me. I don't care if you agree with me or not. Um, so. Do you know? Do you know anyone that has uh, got COVID nineteen and and had it? Uh, have you been? To- my uncle actually on Saturday got admitted to the hospital with double pneumonia. His okay. COVID nest test came back negative, so they're doing another test. The doctor's ninety nine percent sure it's COVID. So whether he has it or not, it's going to come back positive. I'm sure. I mean, you've seen all the articles about how the the hospitals get federal money for each COVID case. A lot more money to get on a ventilator. Well, Brian, do you do you spend much time with your uncle? Uh, no, I don't spend a lot of time with anybody really. <laughs> <laughs> I see family a couple times a year outside of my mom and sister and nephew. You're just a man with a van and a blowtorch. <laughs> and a dab ring. And dab. Okay, that's a, that sounds like a good time. I can't wait till we uh, they lift the gatherings of ten people or more. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you because in in the uh, in the free press story, which people can see at freep.com, and, and we certainly would appreciate if people would subscribe to freep.com because uh, I don't want to take any more furloughs. But um, th- there was a mention there that you said you were not armed at the protest, um, and and I've seen people, even Sean Hannity has been very critical of some of the people who are displaying their weapons, which they had a right to do. So we're not saying anybody did anything wrong. What, what did you think about that? I mean, did you feel that that, that was uh, appropriate or that that gave people the wrong impression or just got folks off topic? I thought it was awesome. There's a guy named Justin. They're from the Illinois militia. He came up in Illinois for three years. I mean, this, when we got in there, I heard, uh, some legislators said that they were putting on bulletproof vests and they were scared. And I was like, cool. Now you see how the police terrorize citizens, shoot citizens all the time, kill us unarmed citizens for no reason. Shoot us in the back while we're running away. I'm glad they felt some fear. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about too is, um, is, is with the, uh, this notion of, uh, of freedom, you seem like a guy who, who believes in, in personal freedom and, uh, and, and respect, wanting respect for, for your rights, um, whether or not you believe that these masks work or not, are you concerned that, that the police seem to think the masks are important and that being that close to them, they might feel like, Hey, wait a minute, dude, I, you know, I'm, you're, you're putting me at risk here. I mean, do, do you have any concern that sort of the old, the right to swing your fist stops at my face, you know, your right to not believe that a mask is safe, uh, you should respect that they think that you're putting them at risk, at danger? No. Okay. Long they question, short answer. Either. Fair enough. <laughs> they didn't have to be there either. I mean, they chose to go to work that day. They chose to be uh, in that line. I mean, okay. they, could have, well, they could have told their, their commanding officer, I'm scared of COVID. I don't want to be around all these people. Okay. I guess I guess they could under the executive order, right? You can tell your yeah. boss you don't feel like uh, like doing a gig. Exactly. Hey, Brian, name one good thing the government does. (sighs) 
They legalized oh, marijuana. Uh, <laughs> Sean, you wait? Done yet? Yeah, I'm still waiting on the feds to do that. Uh, well, they're right. in Michigan, right? Yeah, because because we enforced it. We made it happen. It wasn't the government doing it. Um, uh, how about food? Yeah, how about food safety government. regulations? Is that is that a good thing? That sure. How about? Um, but but yet they let it. They, now they're sending our our animals over to China to be slaughtered and brought back here. What? Whoa! They took away the or the, the they took away the uh, country of origin labels on the meat. You know, you don't know where your food's coming from. They, they're just sending the Republican animals over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I I think Brian would tell us that all the Democrats are chicken anyway, so we'll keep them. So. <laughs> I mean, why do you need full time government every day? Is there, I mean, do, do we need that many new laws made up every every day? Well, I mean, I think that is a valid conversation, but to a point, I mean, you know, you know, the old saying with government is they're your enemy until you need a friend. I mean, you understand why you, you don't believe that at all. You don't believe they're ever friendly. Um, I'll never need the government for anything. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, hey, Brian, we uh, we want to give you the last word because we think uh, we think you've been a sport for for stepping up and telling your story, and because the media kind of put you out there, we'd like to give you a chance to to go out on your own terms. Any any last words of wisdom to share with the good folks watching and listening at home? Uh, cannabis is wonderful medicine. Grow your own if you're able, and uh, be happy. Do what makes you happy. All right, we're going to end it on a that's a good oh, positive sorry. note. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let others keep you from your happiness. Okay. We're going to end on a high note with Brian. Brian Cash, thank you so much for joining us. We're glad you're busy. We're glad you're safe. We wish you the best of luck for your uncle. And um, and we'll keep an eye on uh, those Chinese Democrats because they sound <laughs> they, they sound like they're worse than Chinese democracy, the uh, Guns N' Roses album. album yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Hey, thanks, Brian. All right. Be safe, We appreciate Brian. it. Thank you. All right. Stay okay. busy. I will. I wanted to, to read you uh, some, some, some words of wisdom from a friend of ours, David Hall. Oh, okay, great. And then after that, I told you yesterday on the phone, I didn't want to tell you what it was, but I had a question for you um, but I, that I wanted to run by you. Okay, so, so here's a, here's a, we're going to do a little teaser. I'm going to read you from one of our, our longest and most generous sponsors. We hope that you would support him because he certainly has supported us. And by the way, when you contact our sponsors or you do business with them, please let them know that ML or the soul of Detroit sent you after we do our read, we're going to hear what Mark has to say. And then I'm going to try and dial in a friend of ours who can tell us how you can get free stuff from the cable company, which is, uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. So she's going to join us on zoom in uh, just a few minutes. But first of all, I need to tell you about David Hall and Hall financial. They care about the community and that's why the team at Hall financial is working from home around the clock to help people save money by refinancing. It's a great time to look at your options, and that's why many people are refinancing right now. That's right. They're open for business. If you haven't refinanced in the last year, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time. Lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket as we go through these very turbulent times. By refinancing, you can probably even skip up to two payments. So why not see if you can save some money or cut your term? If you're worried about coronavirus, don't. Homes can be appraised without someone setting foot inside your house, and appraisers are doing drive-by appraisals. Hall Financial Service is the fastest in the business. They have over 1,500 five-star reviews from Michigan homeowners, including me. Go to our webpage and click on the logo to get started or call 248-308-5000. Ask for my man, Dan Morrison. That's Hall Financial. Lower payments, better options, 
more personal attention. David Hall, 248-308-5000, NMLS 146743-Fiverr. Okay, so we got a message uh, sent to the other show, the Drew and Mike show, and they oh, no. said they were watching a documentary, and they were surprised that this person popped up, and it was you as Mike Elric, Detroit <sighs> Free Press, and it was a documentary on Eminem that I'd never seen or heard of. I have no idea where it aired or where it came from, but you, uh, you were the media person, the media expert that was used in the documentary explaining the background of Eminem. What, what is the history? What is this documentary? And why were you yeah. Mike? So, um, so that was my porn name. Um, I changed it <laughs> okay. because, uh, because I didn't want people. It used to be uh, Blunt Lockwood, mm. but uh, I thought that was too obscure. So uh, people who know my work uh, know that long before Kwame Kilpatrick was even elected mayor, I am the world's foremost expert on the early life of Marshall Mathers III. In fact, it's been a while, but it wasn't uncommon for Debbie Mathers to call me to, uh, to just gripe about whatever came into her mind. I used to cover um, police and courts in Macomb County. And Eminem, as you may recall, got in trouble for pistol whipping a guy outside a club mm-hmm. in Warren who was, was uh, seen smooching uh, Kim Mathers. So uh, I just kind of covered it because people said, hey, Eminem's in trouble. And I'm like, what, are they melting your hand? And they're like, no, no, he's a rapper. And I said, oh, um, I mean, I knew, I knew Slim Shady. And so I, I, uh, I started listening to his music and I got fascinated with everything he said because all of it uh, seemed to be verifiable. So I just spent days and days and days checking on everything in his music to see if you could connect it to real life. And what I found was, and you can read about this in slate.com. I wrote a story about Eminem that ran, geez, almost 20 years ago, almost cost me my job at the free press. That's another story we can get into another time, but, um, no, sure. Take that one too. (laughs) Is is that a Chinese Democrat I hear? (laughs) Damn, take it easy, Wang. So, um, so what, what ended up happening was, um, um, I just, uh, this story went far and wide. If you wanted to read about, what was going on with Eminem, my name popped up on all the stories. And so this crew that came around that basically does these, I don't want to say like quick and dirty documentaries, but what they do is they find something that's very popular, very topical. They find somebody who seems to be an expert on it. They bring them on. And I think, you know, Honestly, I have not even watched that thing. I've got a copy somewhere. It's on. Was it, it's was on. It Eminem, his name is, or my name, or AKA Eminem or something. You know what? It's on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, we'll put a link in okay. the story. And I'm going to put a still picture of you because I, th- I got to guess, I think you were around 12 years old when you did that because <laughs> <laughs> you look like I, a child. I think that, um, I think I was supposed to be credited as an executive producer on that. That probably never happened, but. Almost all those interviews were done at the Red Roof Inn on Masonic Boulevard <laughs> in uh, in Roseville. So uh, now, actually, which which actually is not too far from a house that Eminem lived in at one time. 
but yeah, I just, you know, that's, those are my claim to fame. I know more about the early life of Eminem and, uh, and I know more about, um, the, the public career of Kwame Kilpatrick. So I'm going to need I just had, a bigger I, tombstone. I had no idea. And then I was wondering what other documentaries have you been in that we don't know? I mean, have well, you been- there's a great one that Spiegel TV did where I think I'm the only one speaking English in it. It's all in German. So I have a copy of that too. What's the, well, on what Eminem? Yeah. Yeah. Really? And, uh, and Eminem's uncle, um, his uncle Todd, who was a great guy, uh, unfortunately he took his own life, um, probably about 10 years or so ago. Um, he and I got to be pretty close and I have, <sighs> I have uh, a CD he did where he recorded three tracks with his band. And I will just say, that all the musical talent did not come from uncle Todd's yeah. uh, side of the family. And, and uncle Todd, uh, if you know, Eminem was uh, Ronnie's older brother. Yeah. Who also, Ronnie, who you also said he, you said he was 12 suicide. back then, Mark, Mark, you said he was 12. Back then. <laughs> ML looked 12. Yeah. He, back then he could grow one chin hair. Right? 12 right. is what he meant. I, were you aware of this, Sean? Have you seen the documentary? I have. This is why I just took a nap because I, I you know, <laughs> Yeah, I, had, I lived through all this. You I, know what I, mean? I had no idea, and I've known him for a long time. Next, next thing I expect to be watching a documentary and and have Windsor pop up in it, it was just it's just weird. Well, I, I'm I'm working on another um, documentary that I think will get a little wider release. It's about people who have um, tigers. Uh, I think that <laughs> it'll do really well unless somebody else beats me. A little to late it. to the game, there, my man. Oh, oh, well. unfortunately. Oh, dear. Well, this is a good time for us to bring in Michelle Gilbert of uh, Xfinity. Maybe maybe you guys still call it Comcast. Michelle, what does it say on the mug on your desk? <laughs> um, I don't actually have a mug on my desk, but uh, so Comcast is the company name and Xfinity is the residential service that you have in your home. So think of it as General Motors is the company and Cadillac is a brand. Gotcha. Okay, so I think of it as evil cable company because I'm not uh, very well versed on cable, but it turns out you guys are actually giving us some stuff for free during the pandemic, and we brought you on to try and tell people how they can take advantage of a major corporation giving stuff away, which is one of my favorite things. I love free, <laughs> and I love taking advantage of major corporations. So, Michelle... Take it away. All right. So, you know, um, and I will talk later about the evil cable company uh, comment because I thought we were past that. But (laughs) Well, I wasn't referring to your evil cable company. I meant uh, another evil cable company. I think it's called uh, it's called eatingbabies.com or something. Well, I'm glad we cleared the air there. Um, Okay. so, So, you know. Our company um, early on took a stand and wanted to figure out ways that we could help in the community, particularly because we understand just how much our products and services are being relied on more than ever before. So let me start with what we're doing for everyone. Um, First of all, um, we understand how many people are being furloughed. They might be taking pay cuts. They may be losing their jobs. Um, So we have... um, made a stance that we will not turn anybody's internet off through June 30th. Um, Just call us, 
give us a heads up that you are having trouble paying your bill and we will make arrangements with you to ensure that you can stay connected. Um, we know your kids are trying to learn online. We understand that you're trying to work at home or many of you are. Um, the other thing that we are doing is um, we have, uh, you've heard the dirty term data caps. So our, our, unlimited plan, our data cap plan is a terabyte, which is a hell of a lot of data. Mm -hmm. And most people don't come anywhere close to using that much. Um, what we have done, though, during this time frame, knowing that everybody is using more data is we don't want anyone worrying about that. So we have stopped data limits through June 30th. So um, use as much as you need for your video conferences, your online schooling, the extra shows you're watching, whatever it is. So we've got that taken care of. Let's talk about... Uh, oh, the, hey, be before yeah. we get there, Michelle, when does the system crash? Because people are using it more than ever before. I mean, is there a point where this thing just starts to sag and says, uh, you can have unlimited of whatever, but we're, we're out, we're done? No. Well, so, so if I'm understanding your question correct... Meaning, can our system handle it? Yeah, I mean, there's a tremendous load because, I mean, we, we wouldn't be doing this Zoom right now. Uh, I wouldn't be watching as much TV as I am. And and uh, I know my kids wouldn't be taking all their classes. They'd get off their ass and go sit in a, in a building. Right. So I will tell you that um, we we are always many, many steps ahead of the amount of usage that our customers need. We plan for stuff. Um, we always want to be like 18 to 24 months ahead of demand. So all of the investments that we've made to our network has served us very well for this pandemic that we're all going through because when everybody took their computers home and started putting them all together and getting online and everything else, for the most part, our network has operated the way it should. Is there any truth that your company is owned by Chinese Democrats? <laughs> no truth to that at all. There's a guy by the name of Brian Roberts who lives in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. and he is uh, the um, son of the founder of Comcast. Um, and of course, we are a public company. So you should go check your stock portfolio, ML. Maybe you even own some Comcast. So now uh, tell us about the free shit. That's the thing yeah. that we want. So, yeah. So um, we've unloaded and ungated lots of free content for our customers. So there's probably 2000 hours of movies and TV shows that doesn't even matter if you are on the, the smallest, you know, TV package that we are making available to our customers for free. And it's actually really interesting because, um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but the amount of video on demand that people are watching has gone up by like 50%. Here's something else that's interesting. Usually um, most of the streaming is being is done on Fridays and Saturdays. And it's actually interesting because Monday has become the number two day for um, online viewing from our customers. So there's something interesting going on in people's households in terms of wedding, when they're getting together to watch movies. Well, and most of those are adult titles, right? <laughs> well, we've got plenty. I mean, of, like hardcore. Yeah. Well, are you talking about stuff that I can't talk about on air? Yes, he is. Yes. Don't, don't let him, don't take the bait. He's trying to trip yeah, you up. No, I think you still have to pay for those ML. <laughs> 
then I should tell you right now, this is my 30 days notice. I'm going to have trouble paying my bill this month. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's probably thousands of people that work for Xfinity Comcast. Do you know, do you know a, a Charlie Thompson or a Damon Moss? Because if you do, please give them a raise if you have the power to do that. Uh, yeah. Do you know them? Do you know who they yeah, are? Yeah, I do. Okay. I love them. And um, I love them we too got now. your very high um, compliments to them. They were really happy to help you. Okay. And um, That was after a very angry tweet. I mean, I didn't call it Concast like the president did, but I was a, it was a very angry tweet, but they came through. So much appreciated. Yeah. No, they are awesome. And, you know, I have to say our whole tech ops team has – just been amazing. Um, this team is so dedicated to helping our customers. You know, we're being very cautious. We're not going into people's homes. We're trying to do all of the troubleshooting that we can outside the home and then guiding our customers through what can they do inside if they're still having issues because we want to make sure we're keeping everybody safe. Um, but I, I just applaud them. And when we talk about essential workers, you know, the people doing deliveries, the healthcare workers, all the healthcare workers, even if they're doing the cleaning up. Um, but I also think that the people who are making sure that our internet is working, regardless of the company, um, I I raise my glass to them too because I have the easy job of just sitting home and staying put. Well, now that Michelle has ad- admitted that she's working and drinking at the same time, we should probably. Right. <laughs> Let let her get back to work. Michelle Gilbert, thank you for joining us from Comcast Xfinity. Go get the free stuff. Thanks very much. And uh, if you can get some more of those mature titles on the free list, uh, it'd be much appreciated. Okay. Friday, Saturday, Monday, whatever day. Uh, Wednesday's hump day. Maybe that's when you want to do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, put that request into uh, our executives. Yeah. Let, let the guy with two names who runs the place know that that's what we'd appreciate. <laughs> right. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Very good. Great so. Very good. Great so. Very good. Infinity. Great so. Infinity. Plus one. Go. Once again, this week's great debate is inspired by Sean Windsor, and the question is: Sean Windsor, pet or meat? Um, pet. Oh. Well, of course you'd say that. I'm your pet. I thought that's what you were meaning. Am I your meat or am I your pet? I would just be your pet. Yeah, we're, we're just asking people, you know, what they think would be best. Um, but no, we, we wanted to talk <laughs> about Sean's recent column suggesting that science should dictate whether or not the college football season opens. And you know what? Before we do that, did anybody else see that Kevin McHale came to the defense of the Detroit Pistons on that Michael Jordan um, uh, documentary that Sean has been writing about? A few people, uh, Charles Barkley did too. Yeah, and you know, when we were talking about that a couple episodes ago, which you can find at mlsoulofdetroit.com or wherever quality listening is hosted, um, you know, I was those epic battles between McHale and Mahorn and everybody else. The one thing, and I, I hated the Celtics, who were way dirtier than the Pistons, but one of the things I always respected was after the game, McHale, who was as nasty a competitor as anybody you could ever meet, clearly showed respect for the competition once the buzzer is over. So thanks, big, dorky, storky Kevin McHale. We really appreciate uh, you weighing in on the bad boys. That's another great eBay type story, I guess. I don't know. Okay, now it's time for Geek of the Week. It's Sean Windsor. (laughs) 
I mean, Next. I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure this out. We played the cue, we cued the music. Mark did Next. it. Beautiful. Mark did it beautifully, like he always does. And then what the heck was that? Uh, you know, okay. Chinese Democrats. By the way, I it's the the sun is out today. The green, the grass is green. The blue angels flew overhead to yeah. honor the uh, healthcare workers. Anything else you want to talk about, Mark? Oh, think, um, we could debate your column a little bit if you want. Okay. Oh, oh I think. Uh, okay. okay. I think Blue Angels is one of those titles I'm waiting for uh, Michelle to make available on. Um, it's a Christian adult. You should have stopped. Yeah, you should have so. stopped when you were ahead. I, I was curious. <laughs> okay. first, Take it away, Mark. I was curious first to the, the the feedback maybe that you got on this column, which the whole point is college football should not start until. Science says it's okay to gather in large groups. Is that the gist of it? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, until uh, I mean, obviously, until students can be back on campus. That right? I, I think sure. most most university presidents, and then obviously board of regents or, or trustees, where whatever you call them, depending on the school, and athletic directors are kind of together on that. You need students on campus to have sports. Although that's starting to change a little bit with a couple of people in the south. University of West Virginia's president a week, week and a half ago said, you know, maybe there's some uh, other ways. Maybe we don't have those students. But there's different pressures in the South, particularly with Southeastern Conference. You know, it's the, it's the richest football conference in the country. So that's changed a little bit. Real quickly, Mark, the feedback has been mixed. Whenever you say science, here's the thing I think. You guys tell me what you think about this. Whenever you say science now, for certain folks in this country, it's code for evolution, which is code for anti-Christian. Right. So if you say science needs to do this, we need to rely on science. Some people read that and I think it's an attack on their belief system about where we're from, how we should order this world, et cetera, et cetera. It gets deep. And I've seen that in my inbox all week. It's not just that they want college football. It's that if you say science, you're attacking their way of life. Maybe they just don't like that you worship the dark Lord Mephistopheles. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Have you thought about that? It could be. I, I, think, I think some people might feel that way. I, I think some people might feel there's just an anti-elite um, feeling towards scientists and universities in general right now. But when you say let the science decide, I just – that's not going to work because isn't science going to want this to be down to zero cases, zero spread before any kind of gathering? And, and the sad fact or maybe the happy fact is that – Eh, this things need to keep moving. The economy keeps moving, and and college football is a big business. Universities are big businesses, but universities can survive without. Them. Can they? Yeah, of course they can. The the the, the budget, the athletic budget, has nothing separate. to do. Yeah, with the academic budget, and nothing at all. And in fact, yes, uh, some campuses want to lure students in, right? Not lure, but attract them and sell them yeah. based on the sports they have. You know, I mean, look at University of Michigan. It's a great example. A third of that campus is folks from the Northeast who were probably good enough to go to good enough students to go to Ivy League schools, but one of the football experience, right? Yeah. Well, it's a very common kind of student at the University of Michigan. They're here because of football. Uh, so, well, so they do go hand in hand. And like you said, you can't, um, but you'd find those students in other places, Mark. I mean, and to me, this should pri- prioritize or maybe reprioritize. Why the heck do we have all these sports attached to universities in the first place? Well, so, Sean, I don't know if you saw that the uh, – I just heard it this morning. The head of the NAACP is saying that maybe we'll just do a conference 
uh, season that starts in October, and but we don't want to start until students are back on campus. And the president of uh, the SEC said, we have we have students who go to these colleges. <laughs> well, first off, I think it's the NCAA. Did he did he say the NAACP? I think I think that's what you said, or maybe I'm here. Oh, did I? <laughs> well, they're they're coming together. I thought that's what I heard, so I didn't know what kind oh, of segues. But, going no, on. but seriously, how can you how can you say we're going to have football or any other fall sport for that matter, and then basketball once they, and the winter sports once they come, if they're not going to be students in our classrooms? Um, well, no, I agree because that's part of the whole uh, pretending that they're student athletes, so we don't have to pay them. Uh, <laughs> no, they, I'm with they, they have to. They have to. I but mean, it, there's no way they can do that. But it's also and the doctors, the public health docs are going are going to be the ones that decide when uh, when students can, can get back. But so should that's, science, that's, that's my saying, that's right? my argument. Should they be? Should the public health people be the ones to decide when they go back to school and when sports returns? Well, who else should? Uh, presidents of the university who also look at the economic aspect of it. It's kind of the argument that's going on in the country as a whole. I mean, a lot of people don't want a businessman as president. I wouldn't want a strict scientist as a president either. I want somebody in charge who can kind of take it from all angles, hence the word politician, who can see it from that way to make a decision because, you know, there is kind of a, a, a balance to be weighed here as to how many illnesses and how many deaths are good enough to Reopen these universities and, and states. A poll, a poll yesterday. Seventy-five percent of Americans sure. are still still want mitigating when it comes mitigating factors when it comes to social distancing. And they subset of that poll. In other words, people on furlough and have been laid off. Their percentage is even higher, which just sounds counterintuitive, but it's sort of interesting, right? I think it's oh, like up over eighty percent of folks who've been hit. They want. Uh, well, I want so. But I, I think I think those numbers are going to change once that six hundred dollars a week from the federal government stops coming because there are people who make more than that who are losing money by being home and there are people who make less than that I agree. who are, are so there's so here's the poll number that I think is 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 significant in January a hundred percent of the people had no idea we we're going to be in this shit pile and I think the point is we're going to make plans and they're going to come up with different things but what's going to happen is just like what happened to us. With our Caju Cafe gig, Mm -hmm. we thought about this, we thought about that, things got crazy, and it was taken out of our hands. It didn't happen. And whatever they decide, between now and October, if there's a spike, it doesn't matter what the plans are, because people are going to say, we ain't going, and I'm worried that that's what's happening, that we are heading for a spike, because God bless Brian Cash, but I want to see a mask on everybody because the mayor of Detroit has shown us that if you're wearing your mask, it could save your ass. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? For a, for a show that started so discombobulated, that was a great segue to our Geek of the Week. It wasn't even planned. Oh, did you just nominate yourself by putting that knuckle up there? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just reminding people that uh, <laughs> pulled it up a little just, higher. I don't know if you can see it, so we can see that he's this wearing the uh, two fingered, four fingered ring. That's right. Thank thank you very much to our friends at at Speed Cult um, Geek of the Week. Boy, I'll tell you what it, it's it's a uh, it's a tie. It's a tie again. I, it's not that I have trouble making a choice. It's that people have trouble doing the right thing. Let's get right to it, folks. 
Uh, Darcy Moran of the Detroit Free Press reports that there is a man who was accused of spitting on hospital workers not once, but twice mm-hmm. at Dearborn and Wyandotte. Richard Kachevko, now I was going to try and figure out how to spell his name, but I think I know how to say dickhead with the proper inflection. He's a, I hesitate to say gentleman, let's just say he's a complete barf bag from Lincoln Park, who is being treated for coronavirus symptoms when he spit on and threatened people working at a hospital who were trying to help him. Well, that's bad enough, but two weeks later, he also spit at a worker at a Dearborn hospital and police say he was intentionally trying to infect people. So that's bad enough. Well, guess what was happening in Roseville? Oh, woman accused of assaulting employees spitting on police and grocery stores. This is by our colleague, Christina Hall of the Detroit Free Press. Kristen Hoff of Roseville was charged with illegally spitting on police officers at a St. Clair Shores grocery store where she assaulted an employee who told her to leave because she wasn't wearing a mask. Hoff actually ran for mayor of Roseville in 2017. Perhaps people had their time machine working or there's just other things about her that make you say, I don't trust this biatch. She did not get elected, but uh, we certainly think for someone who wants to serve the public, she hasn't shown very much respect for her fellow members of the public. And it gets worse friends Oh man! in Holly is a dollar store. A man named Rex Howard Gamol. And doesn't Drew have a thing about people with multiple names? Yeah, three names, yeah. Yeah, so Rex Howard Gamol of Argentine Township was charged with assault and battery for wiping his nose and face on an employee's sleeve rather than wear a mask. The cops say Gamol walked past door signs requiring all customers to wear a face mask. When a young woman who worked there reminded him of the new store policy, he reportedly said, here, I will just use this as a mask and wiped his frigging face on her sleeve. Police say he continued to be loud and disruptive before leaving in what else? A white van. <laughs> so those are your geeks of the week. Of I would love to add one more geek of the week, but there's nothing funny about those pieces of crap who killed the dollar store guard yeah. at Flint because they wouldn't, he wouldn't let them in without wearing a face mask. So, Friends, we have a little fun. We try and make you aware of things through humor and through science. Uh, For those of you listening to our Chinese democratic translation, but uh, it's not funny. Wear your damn mask. If you're wrong, if we're wrong, what's the worst that could happen? We don't have to smell your stinky breath. Shut up, Toby. Your dog agrees. And that's your Geek of the Week. Kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm gonna pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. Yeah, man. I am sorry about that, Danny McBride. I did not mean to do that. It could have been all assault. Wait, what happened there? Yeah. I just uh, you just came back and Matt was just rambling about something. <laughs> Danny McBride. I apologize to Danny McBride. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. That's uh, Matt Jennings. The right. Curator of Soft Weekly? This week in Soft History. Damn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's not even a real magazine anyway. Uh, Actually, funny story. uh, When I was at Mesa with a group of people, well before the... Ooh! Yeah, nice plug. Well well before the the epidemic hit, uh, there was a girl that actually was looking everywhere to subscribe to Soft Magazine because she (laughs) thought it was an actual magazine. It was... So funny. Who would want to subscribe to it? Me. Okay, well. 
Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what happened this week in soft, uh, soft history. In 1957, Elvis Presley was rushed into an L.A. hospital after inhaling the cap off one of his teeth. Luckily, the surgeons found the tooth cap and removed it, along with three foam mic covers and the eye of Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> what? Wow. And no, no peanut butter and nanner sandwiches in there? No, but, you know, it makes me laugh. I, I like the joke because I could just picture Elvis taking whatever he wanted, be like, hey, Sammy, come here, and just <laughs> sucked it right up in there. He'd he lo- he, take whatever he wanted. He loved to consume. Yeah, I think I think he died on the crapper because he took whatever he wanted. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's a lesson to you kids out there from Tupelo. Don't do it. <laughs> that's right. All right. In 1984, sculpturist Alexander Calder sold his his sculpture Big Crinkly for eight hundred and fifty two thousand dollars. I went to Google to get a gander at Big Crinkly, but all I found were photos of Clippers owner Donald Sterling. Well, I, I thought I thought you saw some Jonas Falconer flaccid <laughs> photos as well. Sean yeah, is not I was, amused. Yeah, I almost went there. <laughs> Sean is not amused at all. It's very stoically wow. sitting there. Sean's oh, ready. This is great. This is awesome. <laughs> Keep going. He's taking it all in. I don't believe you. <laughs> in two thousand, in two thousand, Bobby Brown was arrested in a New Jersey airport for breaking probation after his urine test had proved positive. For an endless amount of terrible decisions. Yeah, that's the, a, that's the only a solid thing, one. The only thing worse than uh, a Bobby Brown golden shower would be a bath. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, oh, ML, go to your room. Rest, rest in peace, Sean's sweet still Whitney. Not, Sean's still not amused. I know, too soon, man. Oh, this is, this is funny. <laughs> All right. And finally, in 2008... Biologist Jason Bond discovered a new species of spider and decided to name it after his favorite musician. Okay, I don't know why I picked this one. Myrmecophila. No, just joking. Myrmecophila Neil Youngy was the name of the spider. That's so right, Neil that Young. Neil? Wow. That's. that's uh, uh, it's a good thing that he's not a fan of eight-legged death punch. Well, the Neil Young spider was first spotted in Alabama, <laughs> launching good launching luck. webbing all over Daryl Hannah. <laughs> Gross. Gross. And that's your This Week in Soft History. And Sean is... I'm Big Crinkly. I mean, Matt Jennings on the Soul of Detroit, part of the Red Shovel Network. And Mom, I love you very much. She's a new listener. Oh, I, I like that you sit for so patiently and listen to Elric rattle on, prattle on, whatever, for an hour and a half, Matt, to do that. It takes tremendous patience and, um, and dedication, and I'm, I'm really uh, – it's not Well, easy. I look into your eyes when I wait. <laughs> good. Good, good. Hey, they're like – face london sorry that's our hip-hop week we're not there yet um 
It's base week or base month here on the Soul of Detroit, brought to you by Elric Bass Guitars. If you have too much money, long fingers, and uh, and like to hear that thumpity thump thump, go to Elric.com. Check out their fine line of handmade custom basses, four string, five string. Uh, for the right uh, price, you'll make you a friggin' 88-string bass. But Elric Bass Guitars, check it out. We're not compensated for this. I just don't want my brother moving into my house if he goes out of business. But one of the things that I love about new wave music is certainly the synth and all the electronic stuff. But people forget about the virtuosity. And that's why we're focusing on Lessons in Love this week from Level 42. I'm not
So you will not believe that, but the guy slapping that bass, which is acceptable, this is not cruelty to, uh, to instruments, is not only English, but he's from a place called the Isle of Wight, which is like even dorkier than England. It's so, the people in England don't even really know what the hell to make of the Isle of Wight, which I think is not too far from the Isle of Man and maybe from, uh, from I don't know, the Isle of Wight, but, uh, but, and, and these guys are all mighty whiteys. But well, Isle, uh, Mark I, King. Don't, don't most people know Isle of Wight from a couple big concerts that were there? Oh, that was a great song. <laughs> and I, I think I think I just want to the, point uh, out Sean was gone the whole time that song was yeah, playing. Right. He just now sat back down. That's right. <laughs> For those and, listening, and it, yeah. He looks strangely sated. I will have to talk uh, about that in the, in, a, the in the post game. But um, dark dark bourbon here. I had uh, I'd use the uh, you know take a break yeah. so to speak. Wow. So now who's interrupting with uh, pointless um, uh, uh, Jeremy's? But did you, um, did you notice that was like five seconds? That's the difference. But that's okay. Go ahead. It's another large burrito, I think. Yes, I was going to say. Uh, Sean prides himself in doing it in five seconds. Some of us like to take our time and make sure everybody's enjoying. I just like how thrown off it made him. Well, I was just trying to get to the whole point about I think the Bee Gees are from the either the Isle of Wight or the Isle of Man. I think they're from the Isle of Man. At any rate, <laughs> at any rate, it is it is rare to hear a bass drive the melody. And when you have Mark King, people know Level 42. If you didn't know that song, Lessons in Love, you know something about you, which also has one of the corniest videos of all time where he's walking around as a clown trying to break up his ex-girlfriend's relationships. And one of the, she ends up having relationships with all the guys in the band, including all the eighties and nineties new wave bands always has one guy whose hair seems to be the thing that's most important about him. And maybe his glasses like you mm-hmm. take my glasses off. Cause I want to focus right there on the locks, but um, I like running my fingers through them, you know, <laughs> Wow, it's time for another another <laughs> bourbon. But um, but the woman in the video, if you watched it, you may recognize from Excalibur. It's Guinevere from the classic John Borman Excalibur movie that came out in the early '80s, which no included one, no one knows that. Some, yes, it included some early um, roles by uh, Liam Neeson yeah. and uh, Gabriel Byrne, and of course. Um, Nicole Williamson's every everybody's favorite English actor from the Seven uh, Percent Solution, another great Sherlock Holmes movie. Anyway, um, Mark King, virtuoso bass player, amazing slap bass player, something you're not used to hearing in new wave music, but that song is quite good. He's also the vocalist, right? So is that why the bass is so high in the mix? Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that, but it's you know you you, you, oh no, I know I know he sings, but I don't I just uh, you know I don't think that's that's why because if you listen back to any of the work of Pino Palladino, who we featured on last last week seven six oh nine, who was the bass player for Paul Young, every time you go away, which was the biggest hit Paul Young had, Mm -hmm. the bass playing is it's almost it's almost like another vocal, and it dominates that song as nice as Paul Young's. uh, sound is his his vocals uh the bass really 
sings that song. And in this one, uh, Mark King is more of a driving bass, more of a, more of a slap bass where there's no pick. It's just your thumb popping from string to string, but it's got a great beats, very danceable. Uh, it's probably a little more like music than computers, but okay. No, it's not a bad song. Despite what Sean says. Yeah. Sean, I, I liked it. I, I heard uh, the beginning of it. It's so nice. full of shit. Yeah, Sean. He was Sean full of shit. That's why he left. <laughs> Sean left to get instructions from uh, uh, President Z for the rest of the show. So, uh, so That's what all those well done, Chinese Democrats do. I thought, or, or Russian Republicans. I thought it was a. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will. I will pay for that. I will be getting some. I will be getting some posts on that one. But uh, oh, I'm sure you will. Old Sean yeah. now. <laughs> he let. Uh, yeah, he let that go, didn't he? I like that Brian Cash is all cash, right? I mean, I hope yeah. the IRS wasn't paying attention. But, uh, <laughs> I did like his message in the end, though. You know, hey, seek happiness and uh, smoke weed. I mean, right? The world might well, be okay if... Uh, yeah, and, and, and Sean, I think you know this from our careers. We, 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 we report on people when they have their moments in uh, the spotlight, and people may take that snapshot and project it over their whole life. Clearly, he's got some anger issues, even though he's also, you know, uh, got a lot of uh, ganja there in the bloodstream. But um, uh, I'm not sure how well-founded some of his conclusions are. But <laughs> but uh, for a dude who burst onto the scene as a madman, pretty laid-back cat. And uh, whether you agreed with him or not, um, it's kind of a reminder to me that we can talk to everybody. Please don't defriend people. Let's just have conversations. Let's listen to the other side. And then yeah. when they hang up, we can, uh, we can get them in trouble with the IRS. And just because you don't believe with one person, one thing that one person says, or maybe 10 things that they say, doesn't mean that all their points are invalid. Like his last point. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Yeah, dude. I know. Yeah. Sit back, play call of duty, hang out with your kids. I like that. He takes pride that he's working for his son's company. You could clearly hear that in his voice mm-hmm. and smoke some weed and just uh, don't bother anybody. I, you know what? I think the world would be fine if uh, most people are. Yeah, no, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd hang with Brian. I just don't think yeah. I'd let him light my smoke until I get a haircut <laughs> because uh, I got a little change. more wick yeah. than he does. <laughs> uh, it's not a double entendre, but it may, it may be true. Anyways, um, just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has supported the show. We had two very, very generous donors oh. this week. So uh, this show is in part brought to you by August. And by Paul, thank you very much for your generosity and for the. I know August. Most, August is a great guy, right? We know we know he, him. Oh, he's fantastic! Yeah. He's the one who hooked me up with the uh, with the uh, Tom Selleck uh, T-shirt yeah. because they do an annual fundraiser for great causes at Whiskey in the Jar. So we're hoping that uh, we can get this thing behind us and get that going. And Paul, just a straight up generous guy. Uh, we are sending uh, personalized autographed copies of the Kwame Sutra to some of our. Do we get our to most sign it? Generous supporters. What's that? Do we get to sign it? Can Sean and uh, Matt and I sign it? Um, due to social distancing, oh, okay. uh, where we will uh, we will hold the uh, the group signatures in abeyance, <laughs> but um, but one of the authors did did sign it, oh. and uh, we had no takers this week on our Cami Soul uh, offer. I think it's going to catch fire. Well, that's right. So if you are familiar with Cameo, where familiar or obnoxious people um, or noxious people uh, read you personalized messages for a fee, uh, we fall in the obnoxious category. We would be very happy 
for a donation of $20 or more, which, Mark, how do they give us their money? Uh, MLSolaDetroit.com. Lots of great things on that site, too. Uh, but there's a donate button right in the middle, right in the top. And, Sean, where can we get our animals vaccinated? I don't want you to feel left out. Oh, we, oh any good veterinary. Uh, you know, my brother's got a place in, somewhere up in your way. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this portion of Soul of Detroit is brought to you by WindsorCastrations.com. When your sow doesn't want to know how. Beverly Hills Veterinary uh, Associates. How about that? Okay, sorry. The first name in castrations, Beverly Hills Veterinarians. They are now taking animal clients as a, in addition to brothers. So uh, so thank you, Mr. Windsor, for uh, for supporting the show. But, uh, but yeah, if you want us to read a message to someone, uh, let us know what you want. Send it in the notes portion of your PayPal donation, and we will be happy to do that on the show. The whole world will hear your message, or at least uh, our many, many listeners. And we have a little feedback uh, people are starting to focus on the intros and the outros. Oh, no. Mr. Mr. KC37 gives us a five-star rating, which we appreciate, but he says the intro sounds like it was edited by the guy who does Joe Biden's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's insulting to whoever does these intros and outros. That's right. We, we actually are only employing uh, German-English um, uh, libertarians to do our intros and outros. So, uh, so nice try, Mr. KC, or maybe it's Mark C37. We'll take the five-star, though. That's very kind. We'll take the five-star. We appreciate all your ratings. You can rate us. You can subscribe to us, which we highly recommend. You can uh, share us. That's a big thing. You can find all the news on the podcast on Facebook at my page, ML Elric. That's no periods, M-L-E-L-R-I-C-K. Follow me on Twitter at Elric, E-L-R-I-C-K, and on Instagram, ML underscore E-L-R-I-C-K. We hope that you are doing well, that you're getting back to work, that you're not getting too pissed off with the people in your too small house. Lindsay Broadwell can help you with that. And we also want to thank our friends at Zot Ford who have been longtime sponsors. They are still doing business. They will sell you a car. They will fix your car. You can find out more at the deals in the D.com. That's deals in the D.com. And of course, listen to our other Red Shovel Network shows. That's the Drew and Mike show. That's the top dog there, Mac Daddy. There's Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour and No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob. Until next week, we hope you stay well, stay safe, keep listening, keep watching. You have been listening to ML Soul of Detroit on the Red Shovel Network. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Every night on Red Shovel Network's Soul of Detroit, you get a solid evening of comedy and musical variety. It's the perfect way to relax and unwind. So tonight, click here and escape to Red Shovel Network's Soul of Detroit. Now stay tuned for St. Elsewhere, next on Red Shovel Network's Soul of Detroit.